protests have continued in Cuba. What started on Sunday as a protest over the basic necessities for life is shelter, medical supplies, food, basic necessities of life. The Cuban people took the streets on Sunday saying we want, we demand freedom from the government, we demand freedom. What the New York Times called the anti-government slogans or sayings of freedom. The protests have continued and the, the people are demanding that their government give them more freedom or allow them to have more freedom. And it's gotten to a point where the, the mayor of Miami, uh, Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami has said that the U.S. should explore airstrikes against Cuba. Telling Fox News on Tuesday that, quote, what should be contemplated right now is a coalition of potential military action in Cuba, similar to the interventions in Panama, Yugoslavia, under both presidents, or under both presidents from both parties. Um, he goes on to say, he, uh, he was asked, if suggesting airstrikes in Cuba, the Cuban-American Republic, he responded, uh, what I'm suggesting is the option is the one that should be explored and one that cannot be just simply discarded. Of course, this is the first Cuban-born mayor of Miami. Uh, he said he didn't call for direct military action, but I don't know how calling for the the consideration of uh, airstrikes, I don't know how that's not saying because if if you're saying they should consider airstrikes then that isn't in a way saying oh well you know they did it for for osama bin laden in afghanistan well why couldn't we do it here in cuba well that is kind of saying if you do want it to happen in a way that was one of the excuses he used against of course going after osama bin laden i'm sorry it was in pakistan not afghanistan but you know what's the difference these days um yeah um I don't see how lobbing missiles at a war-torn uh, socialistic wasteland that is Cuba, I don't see how that's a good idea. Because um, I know that the U.S. has very, very good, very capable missiles that they, that, that they can fire at particular targets. But mistakes can be made, and mistakes often do happen. And if one of those, God forbid, one of those missiles was to land on a, let's say, a house full of innocent people... What do you do then? <laughs> what do you do then? So, no. This should be simply discarded immediately. Because this is not an option. The The rationale for going after Osama bin Laden in Pakistan was, okay, well, Osama bin Laden was one of the guys behind 9-11. They actually attacked the United States. Now, when was the last time Cuba attacked the United States? It's been a long time. As a matter of fact, there were m many different CIA and Department of Defense operations to uh, use re remote-controlled airplanes to crash into Cuba to spark a war with Castro back in the 60s. So, the Cuba has not attacked United States citizens, or has not attacked the mainland. So, a preemptive war with Cuba by airstrikes is not a good idea. A lot of people said that when Trump launched those airstrikes against Syria because of the alleged gas attacks, well, that wasn't uh, an act of war. What? So you can just lob missiles at a country for, well, airstrikes or, well, because gas attack and it not be an act of war? Then what would it take for it to be an act of war? 
So firing missiles at a country is not an act of war. Okay, we'll put that to the side. Is it uh, putting troops on the ground? Is that an act of war? Maybe, maybe not. What about dropping a nuclear missile? Is that an act of war? What's the difference between that and airstrikes? Well, it's just a bigger bomb. So how can this not be an act of war? If you want to use airstrikes against the Castro government or the Cuban military or whatever, the Cuban police, whatever it may be, you have to go to Congress and ask for that authorization. Because there is no threat coming from Cuba. Now, you could talk about drugs that are coming over, people that are fleeing Cuba, but that's not an act of war. The people that are leaving that country are living as refugees. The Biden administration, the DHS, has said that they will not allow any Cuban refugees or people from Haiti to come into the United States. They said that today. And he said that the DHS secretary said that they're patrolling the ocean. What does that mean? So if you've got a group of people on a raft that are coming close to the, the shores of South Florida, are you going to blow them out of the water? How's that going to look to the rest of the world and to the, the people of Cuba? Here you have, you know, the Cuban people see the United States as an ally because they're waving the American flags. But if you start droning them, if you start bombing Cuban cities and, God forbid, hospitals and homes, how's that going to look? What needs to happen is any sanction that the U.S. has on Cuba needs to be lifted. Refugees that are coming over, that are fleeing that country, they can come in for a time but they need to eventually go back. And I, people are saying, well, you need to arm the people that are protesting. No. No. We need to have no part in what's going on in Cuba. The only thing we should be doing or we should consider doing, lifting sanctions, allowing trade to go back and forth. There was a great question that was asked in 2012 in the presidential election between uh, a lady had asked the candidates um, about what should be done with Cuba and other middle, uh, uh, South American countries. And Ron Paul had said that, well, the thing we need to do is, is just allow for more freedom, more freedom of goods and services to cross borders and then keep our nose out of it. No sanctions, none, none of that awful stuff that everybody else wants to do. And then Rick Santorum was like, no, <laughs> we can't. We, do, we must do the opposite. We must antagonize the Cuban Castro government because they're, what they're doing is wrong, and we have to show them what they're doing is wrong. We have to use the might and strength of our own government to show them that, they're, that their government is too strong, and they're, they're using their power uh, unjustly. It's like, it's, it's a cell phone. <laughs> you can't be a conservative and say, socialism is wrong. I'm going to bomb you until you realize that. That's not... <laughs> It doesn't work that way. So, and of course, like, like I said on Monday, the idea that we need to bring in Cuba as a 51st state or as a territory, I think it's also a terrible idea because, um, because now our tax dollars will now be sent to that state or that territory to help them rebuild that country and help them uh, get out of the economic problems that they're in. That's not something that I want my tax dollars to go towards. Um, We've got, you know, they say, well, don't you want to build hospitals? Well, like, well, I'm being told that the infrastructure that we have here in America now is falling apart. So why should we bring in a country that has terrible infrastructure to begin with? What what sense does that make? You know, the, the roads and bridges are crumbling. 
here in America. Well, let, well, yeah, let's go get another country to bring in that has crumbling roads, roads and bridges. That makes a lot of sense. Well, don't you care about their fight for freedom? Yeah, I do. I think they should throw off their oppressors, but that's not our fight. That's not something that we should be getting involved in. And I don't know why, I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand. And I was reading the comments in the video that I watched of the um, the mayor from Miami, and they're like, he makes a lot of good points. And yes, he does. What the Cuban government has done and is doing to the Cuban people is awful. It's terrible. It shouldn't be happening. And they should fight like hell to throw them over. But the American taxpayer doesn't need to get involved. The U.S. government does not need to get involved. We were trying to end the war in Afghanistan, according to Joe Biden. So we don't need to start another war in Cuba or getting involved in another quagmire in Cuba. We still got a war in Syria and Iraq and Yemen to end. Let's do one at a time, please. One at a time. Uh, so, yeah, Cuba. Uh, FIFA la Cuba. Is, is that how you say that? FIFA la France or FIFA la Cuba, or however you say it. I don't know. Speaking of France... Uh, there has been protests breaking out in France because of the uh, Emmanuel Macron's uh, policies of what sounds like a mandatory vaccination. So uh, dozens of French police used tear gas to disperse a protest against President Emmanuel Macron's plan to require a COVID vaccine certificate and or negative PR test to entry bars, restaurants and cinemas for next month. Macron this week announced sweeping measures to fight a rapid surge in new coronavirus infections, including a mandatory vaccination of healthcare workers and a health pass rules for the pub, for the wider public. In doing so, he went further than most other European nations have done, as the highly contagious Delta variant. Fans of a new wave of cases and other governments are watching closely to see how the French public responds. The police stepped in shortly after scores of protesters marched down a boulevard in central Paris on Wednesday without permission from the Paris authorities. Imagine that, people just deciding that they want to march down a street, but you got to have permission to, to march down a street. Some wore badges saying no to the health pass. Good for them. Uh, Reuters saw witnesses of, of uh, uh, saw a column of police vans and riot police blocked off on one street. Uh, some critics of Macron's plan, which will require shopping malls, cafes, bars, and restaurants to check the health passes of all patrons from August, uh, accused the president of trampling on freedoms and discriminating, uh, discriminating against those who did not want the COVID shot. So, I don't know if... I've been to France once. I was there for several days. And uh, if you've ever been to France, or if you, know, if, you've known, if you know anything about France, if you know anybody that's been to France, you will know that... The French love to go to restaurants, cafes, sit outside, drink coffee, wine, whatever, during the day or at night. That's what they do. That's one of the ways that, that people in France socialize. That's one of the ways that they get out and meet people or meet friends or just relax. Cafes, little bars, little restaurants, that's how they do things. And it's great. We went to, we took a family vacation to France uh, and, and England and other countries in Europe uh, several years ago, and we I think we had just finished touring Notre Dame, I think, or was it the Louvre? I don't remember, but it was the Louvre or Notre Dame, and we were we were hungry, and it was getting later in the day, and we're like, okay, well, it's it's getting later, and we're like, well, let's go find a place to eat, 
And lo and behold, there was about 10,000 different restaurants and cafes we could have gone to. <laughs> They're all over France, especially in Paris. That's what, that's what France is known for, its food and its culture and little shops and cafes thing, and things like that. So we we eventually found one. It, it fortunately was one that had English menus because we can't. I don't. I don't read French, but a lot of countries in Europe have menus that are in Fran, uh, French and German and English and uh, Spanish and other and other languages like that because a lot of people travel throughout Europe. But it was great. We found a little place. It, the food was fantastic. But we picked the the street that we walked down. There probably had to be at least I don't know two or three dozen different restaurants and cafes all on one street that we could have gone to. So, yes, this is a a way of controlling people. Yes, this is a vaccine passport. This is, you would not be allowed to go and do things without proving that you got the vaccine. The people of France have every right to protest this. Macron has, I don't know how their government works or what kind of legal documents or constitutional documents or anything like that they have in France but in my opinion I don't care what the doc what the constitution or government governing bodies say no one has any authority to tell anyone that they have to get a, a vaccine to go to go get a cup of coffee or a glass of wine no you have no right to do that furthermore you have no right to tell them that they have to wear a mask either as far as the government goes but here's the problem though is that people are saying, well, this could this could trickle over into other European countries and eventually in America. That's very possible. That could happen. I think that I think the water is a little under the bridge here in America because I don't think that Disney and Universal and a lot of these other companies and organizations are going to, you know, go back to a year and a half ago and say, well, you have to prove that you've been vaccinated or you know, health. They have the um, temperature screens, anything like that. I don't think they're going to go back to doing that. But again, it's possible. Even Biden had said that he supports businesses requiring people, uh, requ requiring uh, customers to prove that they've been vaccinated. Because Biden knows that he probably won't be able to, at the national level, vac uh, mandate a vaccine, uh, vaccines. That may or may not, he may not, may not be able to do that. He may still try, but he may not be able to do that. So a way of getting around that is saying, well, if I support businesses and uh, other companies to require their patrons or their customers to prove that they've had a vaccination to, to you know, go into their place of business, that is by way mandating a vaccine. It's not official, but it is another way of mandating a vaccine, which, again, is wrong. You, know, you, you could make the private property, private business all you want, but you can't... You, this has never been done before. This really hasn't been done before here in America. You can't, you can't, you can't really ask people. Well, show me your papers that you've been vaccinated before you come into this restaurant. Well, you might say, okay, what about, uh, you know, the the legal age for drinking? You have to, you know, produce an uh, your identification, your uh, driver's license to prove how old you are before you're allowed to buy alcohol. I think that's different. Because if if you give if you give a beer to a minor, you can be shut down, or if that person has too much to drink, they can go out and kill somebody. But there's no way of tracking or tracing whether or not you got COVID from a, a, a particular place of business. That you just can't do that. And furthermore, the vaccine 
it's not always effective, right? The, the Even the COVID, the uh, Delta variant, people are finding the vaccine is not as effective as it was for the regular COVID. So it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. And it is wrong for any government to mandate that sort of thing. Because that your health is between you and your doctor, nobody else. And the vaccine doesn't protect others. It protects you yourself. So you can't, you can't, the, the argument always shifts. First, we're masked, we'll protect others. Well, now it's to protect yourself. Well, now it's to protect others. Same thing with the vaccine. Protect yourself. Oh, no, the vaccine is really to protect others. Well, which one is it? Make up your mind. So I support the people of France protesting this awful, terrible um, vaccine passport rules. Um, Macron says, this is what he says. Macron says the vaccine is the best way to put France back on the path to normalcy and that he is encouraging as many people as uh, possible to get the vaccine, to get inoculated. Okay, you can, you can, you can, encourage, people to go, you can encourage people to go get vaccinated. Fine. But you know that's against the rules for Google and YouTube. You can't tell people to go get vaccinated on YouTube. What you're supposed to say is consult with your doctor and make a decision. You know, consult your doctor and then make a decision. So if he's not even allowed to say that on YouTube, he has no business telling the rest of uh, France to go get a vaccine, nor does Biden or Kamala Harris or anyone else in government or any other politician or anybody on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. Nobody has any right or should, for legal reasons, tell someone to get vaccinated because people are having adverse effects to the, to the vaccination. So... If you're not allowed to say it, and I'm not saying that you know you have to follow the rules of of you of Google and YouTube all the time, or that that is the gold standard. But if they're saying you shouldn't say it on their platform because for legal reasons, then you yourself should not be telling people to get vaccinated. Because if you tell your neighbor to go get vaccinated and he has an adverse effect to it, or he's allergic to it, or whatever, and he has to pay, you know, it causes all kinds of complications. He has medical bills. Well, he, they can sue you. So you shouldn't be telling people to go get vaccinated. Wednesday's protest took place on Bastille Day, the anniversary of the 1789 storming the middle of the medieval fortress in Paris, which marked the turning point in the French Revolution. Viva la France. I hope the people in France um, give the biggest middle finger they can possibly to the President Macron because no one has any right to tell you to get a vaccine because they shouldn't be telling you to get a vaccine. Because that could get you in legal problems. And people could have adverse effects to it. And we don't know how effective the COVID shot is going to be for these other variants that are coming out. And there, there will be another Delta. Delta variant is not the only variant that's going to exist. There are going to be other variants. That's just how uh, these things work. That's how viruses work, right? Uh, you know, the, the initial virus might be deadly, but the... The, the, the point of a virus is not to kill the host. It's supposed to spread, so it makes itself less makes itself less deadly, just more contagious. So the Delta variant may be more contagious than COVID, but it probably is less deadly because the point of a virus is to spread, not to just kill the host. Because if it kills the hosts, then the virus dies as well. It's just kind of how this works. So, um, but again... If you want to get the vaccine, talk to your doctor. Don't take advice from me. Certainly don't take advice from presidents, 
senators, congressmen, uh, influencers on the on the internets, um, or the, or God forbid the TV doctors. Don't take advice from them. Go talk to your doctor, and the two of you make a decision on what you should do. Um, let's see, George W. Bush. Oof. George W. Bush is in the news yet again for reasons that are, um, uh, I don't know, that are interesting. Because, well, not interesting, but that are, that are kind of kind of ironic, if you will. Because, as everybody knows by now, if you've been listening to the show, and um, the Standing Brothers show, that Biden is wanting to end the war in Afghanistan. And I have laid out on numerous occasions and in in past episodes on how I don't think it's actually going to happen. Yes, some troops might be removed, but there will always be a US pres a US presence in that country whether it's special operations, CIA, whatever. There will always be some kind of US presence in that country forever until you get an actual president in there that says, "No, we're ending the CIA, DOD covert operations. We're taking all the contractors out." of the United States, of, of Afghanistan. So Biden has has been removing some US troops from Afghanistan. Uh it's been slow. I believe they have have had to push back the uh Trump withdrawal date and even the withdrawal date of September eleventh, I believe that they've also had to push back. That was the new one that they put in place uh just a few months ago. Um, lots of people on the right, especially the neocons and the neoliberals, have all blasted Biden for trying to end the war in Afghanistan. They say this is a horrible move. What about the uh, the Afghani women who will be brutalized by the Taliban? Yet they say nothing about the young young boys, uh, uh, the young boys of Afghanistan who are being brutalized and uh, raped by the Afghani uh, men. In uh, in Afghanistan, the Bachabazi, no one says anything about that. Um, but yet we're all supposed to we're all supposed to just care about uh, you know the Taliban and they'll be taking over the country. And I think it was um, was it not Rumsfeld? It was another one of those Bush era neocons who worked in the Bush White House who had said that this is a terrible mistake that we are making. And now even the, the man himself, George W. Bush, is coming out and saying that there is warning of consequences of the U.S. Uh, withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan as the United States marked a major milestone this week with the departure of the last commander in the country. So those of you who don't know, uh, Bush started the war in Afghanistan on complete lies. We don't have to get back. We don't have to go all into that again. But he's the one that started this war, and if and as you have noticed, uh, it lasted through, through the rest of his presidency, all eight years of Obama's presidency, all four years of Trump's presidency, and now the year, uh, year, year and a half into Biden's administration. So it's lasted that long, and he is now saying that there will be warning of significant consequences. Here's his quote. I think it is, yeah, because I think the consequences are going to be unbelievably bad. I am sad, Bush said when he was asked if it was a mistake to withdraw troops during an interview with some German news network. Uh, Laura and I spent Laura, Laura, Laura and I spent time, a lot of time with the Afghan women 
and they're scared. And I think about the interpreters and all the people that helped, not just U.S. troops, but NATO troops. And it seems like they're going to just be left behind to be slaughtered by these very brutal people. It breaks my heart. It's unbelievable how that society has changed from the uh, brutality of the Taliban. All of a sudden, sadly, I'm afraid Afghani women and girls are going to suffer unspeakable harm, he said. Um, I, 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 I don't take you seriously. I really don't take you seriously. Because you started not one, but two wars of choice after 9-11. Saddam Hussein did not attack the United States. The million people that died in Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. Nor did the thousands and thousands of people that died in Afghanistan had anything to do with 9-11. If you wanted to go after uh, Osama bin Laden and Dick Cheney and the people that were involved in 9-11, you could have done that very easily. You could have gotten Osama bin Laden long before 9-11. But you chose to start a war of choice in Iraq and Afghanistan that led to um, over a million deaths in both countries. People that should not have died. Wars that were fought that should not have been fought. Tens, thousands, almost, almost 10,000 Americans died in both of these wars and are still dying to this day. 22 uh, 22 uh, soldiers that have come home, veterans, kill themselves every day because of these wars. Not to mention the financial costs of these wars that we're still paying the price of. Not to mention that, well, because of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria, we now have groups like ISIS who are not as big and prevalent now, but there's another problem we had to solve. You've got Syria that's been thrown into a civil war because of the destabilization of these regions. Now we have greater problems with Iran because, well, in in the nineties when we took the side of a <laughs> we took the side of a of Iran over over uh, over Iraq that only emboldened Iran. So you you see the problems here. So I don't take this man seriously. I don't think now he he could be I think he's a very good actor when he says these things but I don't take him seriously because if you were willing to start a war of choice that killed over a million people what difference does it make at this point what difference does it make you are so indifferent to human life because of what you have done in the past what you what you what you did what your father did what Clinton did all of you, you are so indifferent to human life. I don't take you seriously when you talk about the Afghani women will be brutalized by the Taliban. Really? The government that you have propped up does the same thing to young boys, but you say nothing about that. You know, all you people were friends with Jeffrey Epstein and the people in Hollywood that, that brutalize and rape people in, uh, Americans in Hollywood and young, young women and young men that are forced to do things to get... Uh, roles in movies and TV shows. Nah, you don't care about them. You are indifferent to human life. And I don't, I, 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 does anybody at this point take anything that George W. Bush says seriously? Why, why is anybody taking foreign policy advice from this man? Everybody now regards the war in Iraq as the biggest fat mistake ever. 
even even some neocon Republicans will kind of admit in one way or another, yeah, we kind of should, probably shouldn't have done that. It was a big mistake. You know, I, I see um, on the Tweety, uh, people were saying, uh, let me see if I can find this real quick because I want to get the quote exactly. Uh, I should have got this before, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm not good at this stuff. <sighs> okay, here it is. Is Kyle Kashev, I think it's how you pronounce his last name. He, he says, we should stop letting cons- libertarians define what conservatism is. Um, which is probably the most the stupidest, most ignorant thing I've ever heard anyone say. Because um, it went from, oh, libertarians, they don't have any power. Why should we listen to, to them? And then conservatives will say, well, libertarians have too much power. We shouldn't let them define conservatism. Or they're, they've got too much control of the government. Well, which one is it? It's one or the other. Uh, to which Dave Smith responded by saying, as the largest, most powerful government in human history turns the war on terrorism inwards against right-wingers, the conservatives have finally grown a backbone and decided to take on libertarians. I wonder why you guys never conserve anything. Conservatism was killed by George W. Bush. It wasn't killed by libertarians or Democrats, or anything like that. No, George W. Bush killed the conservative movement, killed the Republican Party. Why? Prior to 9-11, or even just after 9-11, you had a great opportunity to sow the seeds of conservative values, strengthening the country with, uh, with good moral backgrounds, things like that. You could have done that, but you decided to spend all of that political capital, all of those human lives, over in the Middle East, in the sands of the Middle East, you discredited all conservatives, all Republicans, because you decided it was more important to fight wars than it was to fix the, the war that was happening here at home, the culture war that was happening here at home. The, the conservatives Republicans could have gotten ahead of the culture war that was coming from the left, from the progressives and these the woke mob, because that's just before things got crazy with the wokeism and things like that. Could you imagine what, what, how the country could have been different if we hadn't gone over and done those things? Now, I'm not saying George W. Bush would have been a good president or we wouldn't have had Obama or uh, Occupy Wall Street wouldn't have turned into, oh, well, we can't have the left and right fighting with each other. We got to have the fighting against each other. Now, I'm not saying that none of that would, would, would have happened, but it probably could have stopped. It probably could have built an actual conservative base that wasn't about defending George W. Bush and defending the slaughtering of over a million people in the Middle East. It could have been, hey, we've got some great ideas on how why the family's important. They'll tell you the family's important, but then they'll make excuses for going and droning weddings in the Middle East. So you can't take them seriously. So George W. Bush killed conservatism and kill the Republican Party. It wasn't libertarians. Here we are, here we have the largest government in, in all of human history to ever exist, the most powerful government to ever exist. And you're saying it's our fault? The libertarians and the ANCAPs who are saying, you know what, the government's too big, it has way too much control. It's our fault why you conservatives can't do anything? It's our fault why so many Republican gov- governors are feckless and weak. This past, uh, just yesterday, 
the uh, All-Star game was played um, in Colorado. It should have been played in Atlanta because that's where it was originally scheduled to be played because they were going to honor Hank Aaron because he was a very, very famous Atlanta Brave. But because of the Republicans' voting uh, new new voting laws here in Georgia, the, uh, the woke uh, Rob Manfred and uh, all of the uh, sports... Uh, 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 talking heads decided, well, we got to move it to somewhere else. Even though Colorado has very similar voting ID laws in Colorado, but that's beside the point. So I'm watching the game, and then last night I'm seeing these ads by by, uh, <laughs> by our very feckless and l- the biggest loser, um, Brian Kemp, saying, well, the, the game should have been, been played here in Georgia, but Stacey Abrams and the MLB decided it was more important to have a discussion over the voting law in baseball. I'm like, you're like the too late, bro. The game's go, the game's on right now. You should have thought about this way back when. So the Republicans and conservatives are reactionary. They're not proactive on anything. They will allow the left to do whatever they want, and then then, then they will just complain about it and say, "Vote for me because I'm not as bad." That's what I hear from Brian Kemp and all these other Republicans. Vote for me because I'm not as bad as Stacey Abrams or AOC. You know, we'll, we'll get to that socialist utopia one day, but <laughs> it won't be as fast with me. That's what that's what I hear them saying. So if you if you were really concerned about the the All Star Game being moved to uh, Colorado, the the time to have fought that fight would have been before it was moved, or while they were still considering the move. And uh, Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz have, I don't know if they've made any decisions, but they have looked into removing the antitrust immunity that the MLB has been granted, which is a great idea because uh, you should be able to sue the MLB for what they did because it was utterly ridiculous. And even Stacey Abrams had was like, you know, we probably shouldn't do this because there's a lot of uh, black-owned businesses in Atlanta, they're going to be harmed. A lot of hotels, restaurants, bars, whatever. They would have been harmed because of the All-Star game was not going to be played in Atlanta. I think the, I forget which, what was it, Reuters? Oh, it was Axios reported that uh, Atlanta lost out on, on some $100 million because the game was moved. That's a cell phone. That is a, that is a, that is a shot in the foot to Democrats and Republicans because they allowed sports to be politicized in a way they shouldn't have never been politicized. But other than that, the game was great. The American League won. We beat the, uh, we're what, eight years in a row now? We've beat the National League. Uh, the home run derby was great. I'm I, I'm sad that Otani got knocked out in the first round. I was really hoping that he would win um, the home run derby because I was, after he lost, or after he was knocked out in the first round, I was like, okay, what's the point in watching this now? There is no point. But it was great. I, I enjoyed it. Again, uh, I sent some tweets out when they were when they brought um, uh, Hank Aaron's widow out to honor uh, him and her. I was like, man, this should have been in Atlanta. There's no reason why this could not have been played in Atlanta. I don't see how a changing in voting laws and uh, voting like that is uh, grounds to remove an all-star game from a particular city. That is so stupid. It is so dumb that that, that that does nothing to achieve what you want. 
I just don't see how that happens. I just I don't get it. Um, some other news: uh, Richard Branson went to went to uh, the edge of space. He didn't quite go all the way into space um, on his spaceship. To um, like, it's not really a rocket; it's a, it's a plane slash rocket. But congratulations to him and his crew. They uh, just just uh, the atmosphere. There's no definite, you know, defined end of when the atmosphere ends and where it begins. It kind of just dissipates. Um, it kind of just you know, it gets less and less and less, and then it's just suddenly gone. Um, but they went into uh, just below low Earth uh, orbit. They didn't go into orbit because they don't have they didn't have a big enough rocket to get into orbit. Because to get into orbit, you'd have to go uh, pretty fast, and they would have to actually be going horizontal very very fast. And they weren't doing that because it's space tourism, not going into space. But it was it was super cool, and I watched a video on. Spaceship Two, as it's called, the actual craft that they were on, and how there are it's it's uh, all controlled by humans. There's no autopilot. There's no um, there's nothing. It's all done by two trained pilots, which I think is very cool. Um, but I know there's a big concern about okay, well yeah, Richard Branson got a lot of a lot of money from um, from taxpayers and things like that. And I thought okay, yeah, that's bad. That shouldn't happen. He's a billionaire. He could have paid for it all himself. But I think it is cool. Um, you, you can be against the, the, the stealing of taxpayer dollars to pay for this, but you can also still think it's cool. Space tourism and uh, things like that. So congratulations to him and Virgin Galactic. Uh, I think that's super cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for today. Thanks for listening. I'll be back. Uh, Jacob will probably will be doing the show on Friday. I may or may not be there. Depends on if we can record tomorrow afternoon or not. But I will not be... I may or may not be there on Friday, but I will be back on Monday. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and peace.